Hello and welcome to day 62 of our Bible reading course, where we're going to do two important things before turning our attention to the New Testament. Firstly, I'll give a brief account of what happened in the 400 years after the Old Testament ended, leading up to the birth of Jesus. And secondly, we'll take a few minutes to look back at the journey we've made so far. But we'll still have a reading, which is the last part of the final book in the Old Testament. Today's passage is Malachi chapter 2, verse 17, to the end of chapter 4. Let's pray. Almighty God, whose word is powerful and effective, sharper than a two-edged sword, take me a little further in my love for and understanding of the Bible today. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you ask? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he is pleased with them. Or, where is the God of justice? I will send my messenger, who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord, as in days gone by, as in former years. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers and perjurers, against those who defraud labourers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said, it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper, and even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. 
a scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them, just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. And you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked. There will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Malachi, whose name simply means messenger, was a prophet who lived at the same time as Ezra and Nehemiah. Although the temple and city walls were rebuilt in Jerusalem, the people of Judah still struggled to obey God's ways. Ezra had to confront them for marrying foreign women who worshipped other gods, Nehemiah for their neglect of the poor, their failure to keep the Sabbath or give tithes and offerings, and again for mixed marriages. And here Malachi adds his voice too. The priests are making substandard sacrifices with sick or diseased animals and are not teaching or administering God's laws properly. The men are divorcing their wives in order to marry foreign women. And then there's that list of problems outlined in the reading itself. Injustice of various kinds, withholding tithes and offerings, and even complaining at the requirements of worship. Malachi says that the Lord is coming, and when he does, he will judge those who have acted faithlessly, but will bless all who have remained righteous. But first he will send another messenger, an Elijah-like figure who will prepare the way, and then the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple, a temple that thus far was bereft of the glory and presence of God it had known in previous days. And so the curtain comes down on the Old Testament, or Hebrew Bible, as it's often called today. Somewhat downbeat, with a sense of ongoing frustration regarding the people's devotion to God, along with unfulfilled expectations about his presence amongst them with all the blessings that would entail. And yet also these promises about God not changing and his plan to come to them. The Persian Empire continues for another hundred years or so, until its defeat at the hand of Alexander the Great. His Greek empire operated a policy known as Hellenization, imposing a uniform Greek culture on all the nations it conquered. That's why the New Testament is written in the Greek language rather than the Hebrew of the Old Testament. One of Alexander's successors, Antiochus IV, took this practice to such an extent that he attempted to eradicate the Jewish faith altogether. 
the most offensive thing he did occurred in 168 BC, when he set up a statue of the god Zeus in the temple at Jerusalem and sacrificed a pig to it there. All this led to an uprising called the Maccabean Revolt, which successfully drove the Greeks out. They'd been there for 200 years. A century of Jewish independence then followed, with their own kings back on the throne. But it wasn't to last, as the Romans arrived on the scene and captured Jerusalem. In time, Herod the Great, who was from a neighbouring region and had nominally converted to Judaism, ruled there with Roman support. He levied large taxes on the people to pay for some huge construction projects, including a lavish new temple in Jerusalem, and also controlled the high priesthood there. This was the melting pot into which the story of the New Testament begins. As I look back for a moment on the past 62 days of Old Testament readings, what have been my main impressions? Have I learned anything new? Have I seen anything differently? Most of all, has God spoken to me in any way, including the connections we've tried to make with our current times and issues, particularly the coronavirus pandemic? Perhaps I might like to take this forward after the podcast finishes and write down some reflections on paper or in a journal. Lord God, my Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful gift that the Old Testament is and how much of value it contains for me as a follower of Jesus, the servant, saviour and messiah it speaks of and points towards. As I head into the New Testament now, may my understanding of the stories and books I am perhaps more familiar with be increased through the time I have spent in the Hebrew Bible that my faith might be inspired, renewed and encouraged. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.